Well, here we are. And we are part of the herd, baby. This is Well, Here We Are, a weekly podcast which explores the ways pop culture and the humanities matter for our daily lives by distilling them into lists of three-ish things. Today, we're making good on a promise we made oh so long ago. Discussion of the CBC show and cultural phenomenon, Schitt's Creek. And we're doing so not by giving you three-ish things, not by giving you six-ish things, but by giving you 18-ish things to think about. (laughs) You're welcome. This is a Schitt's Creek speed round. I'm Hannah. And I'm Suzanne. And before we get into all that, we have a small announcement. We have a website. This is very deja vu. (laughs) Now, you might be saying, wait a minute, I've heard you say this before, but I really mean it this time. You can find blog posts, further episode links, and other fun things at wellherepod.com. You can also find a link to a donate button. Of course, we are still a free podcast, but if you'd like to kick us a few dollars to help cover our costs, we would be so very grateful. You could also call this the ill-advised pilgrimage to find their one French listener fund, which one French <laughs> listener, do not be scared. We are not track. We are not intending to track you down. Unless you want us to. We yeah, can have that discussion later. Yeah, send yeah. us an email. Let us know. At wellherepod at gmail.com. Okay, let's take it back all the way to February 2021. Painting you a picture. Tom Brady has just won his seventh Super Bowl ring. Donald Trump's second impeachment trial has just begun. And we've recorded our first episodes of Well, Here We Are. In our first episode, we mentioned we had a shared love of Schitt's Creek, and yet we have yet to discuss it. Which has been a huge oversight on both of our parts. (sighs) Yeah, you know, sometimes things we love... It's best to intersperse them, I feel, instead of just, like, front-loading. I yeah, don't know. that's true. Yeah, that way people don't know which topics we are really interested in and, and which <laughs> topics we couldn't care less about. It's just all in there. So you are currently, I know you're currently in a rewatch. I am. I'm watching this for will the be third your, time. For your third time. I'm mm-hmm. currently, I just started season six, which will be my fourth way through the series. We love this series, and I think... This series was a lifeline during our lockdown phase in Glasgow. I would say for me, it was at least. Yeah, it was, it felt like the one thing holding every day together. It was like at eight o'clock, we're watching Schitt's Creek together every night. Just to be clear, we watched it on Netflix party. We did not break lockdown protocol. We didn't watch in the same room. We watched in separate rooms across the courtyard. And you might be expecting, given my background, given Hannah's background, you might be expecting that we would launch our first Schitt's Creek discussion with a deep dive. And there are tons of deep dives we want to do about this show. I really am super interested in the way sitcom television has used the small town to, and what the small town is supposed to represent as far back as like Andy Griffith show. I would love to kind of get into Schitt's Creek as a small town and kind of how this show has reconceptualized the function of the small town. I know Hannah is like dying to get into the the like nitty gritty of Twyla and Alexis's friendship and kind of what it does for female friendship in, in TV. Instead, though, instead of doing that. <laughs> but we're not going to do those things. But we're not going to do those very smart ideas. <laughs> Instead, what we have opted to do is a series of speed rounds. 
So I've come up with three topics. Hannah has come up with three topics. We're going to give you three-ish things in each of these six topics. And they're a little lighter. They're a little bit, they're going to be a little bit more rapid fire. And the reason why we're doing this is because we love Schitt's Creek so much. We know that if we did not just like clear the air of all these little jokes that we love, that our one hour deep dive episode would become a two hour deep dive episode because we would keep interrupting each other with references to Schitt's Creek that we wanted to make sure we got in. We know ourselves. We've got to just like get this out of our systems before we can talk about it rationally. And this probably goes without saying, but if you have not watched Schitt's Creek, you probably are not going to enjoy this conversation. I hope you still listen to it. Maybe listen to it on mute while you go and watch all season, all six seasons of Schitt's Creek and then come back and listen to it again. But thank you for your, for your listening, uh, friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your support. Listen Thank to you for your support. That's a better feet. way to say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> support. Oh, that's the word. Listening friendship. Okay. So we each came up with three categories that we're going to speed through. We're going to bounce back and forth. I feel like maybe we should have a timer or a buzzer. I often spend too long thinking about one thing at a time. So I'm going to keep an internal timer. Okay. So what we're going to do, one, two, three, four, five, six. First thing, odd things you love about the town of Schitt's Creek. Number two, Moira's ambiguous accent pronunciations. Number three, questions for Rose Apothecary. Number four, Alexis's unexplained adventures. Number five, Twyla Sand stories. And number six, season six callbacks. Okay, are you ready? Your time is going off. Three and a little nervous. One, (laughs) go. All right, the town of Schitt's Creek. Like I said, I love this small town. It has some quirks. So here are three odd things that I love about Schitt's Creek. Number one, this town has two very attractive veterinarians and no grocery (laughs) store. This is an economy that I can stand by. Number two, this town, speaking of attractive veterinarians, is a magnet for attractive single men to congregate. What is in the water in this town? Between the handyman who stands Stevie up in season one, Jake, Yes, he's a slutty dude, but dude is attractive. Between Jake, Ted, Patrick, the other veterinarian, not to mention Mutt, which Hannah hates Mutt, but he is objectively an attractive dude. Uh, What is in the water of this town that so many single attractive men congregate there? Also, can I move there? And the third quirk that I love about Schitt's Creek is that it has a bustling economy, and I can't really figure out how or why. If you go back to that episode where Ronnie congregates business owners from Schitt's Creek, her living room is filled with Schitt's Creek women business owners. That's a lot of businesses. What are these businesses? Uh, One need I see is that they probably need an event planner because there's like a lot of stuff happening. And I'm going to just say, fine, I'll do it. I'll move to Schitt's Creek. I'll be your event planner. I think I could be very successful there and contribute to the thriving economy. Okay, Uh, so the next one is Moira's vocabulary slash uh, her kind of ambiguous accent. Moira's pretentious accent is just like, I don't don't know how they came up with this, but it's one of my favorite things. It's like they took Catherine Hepburn and put it in Google Translate and then brought it back to English. It is very Catherine Hepburn, but yeah, but just ever so slightly like less Connecticut, but more like, gosh, I don't know. 
Minnesota. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, so my favorite just words that she says throughout the shows with her strange, strange accent is, of course, number one, baby. They come back to this one just the perfect number of times, too. So my second favorite is enchilada, which she says in the episode where they're making her aunt's famous enchiladas, and she asks David repeatedly to fold in the cheese. And I'm pretty sure she only says it in that episode, and she says it a couple of times. But Bebe is one that she comes back to several times, but not too many to make it not funny. Always funny. And my last favorite is in the Herb Ertlinger episode, and it's the way she says crabapple. <laughs> She's like a little bit drunk, and I think that contributes to it, but I love that that little um, one-minute-long spot that she finally puts out, that little commercial they do, and she just says crabapple. Love it. Have you started saying enchilada? Enchilada. I don't have a lot of reason to say it, but maybe I should. You could get a cat and name it Enchilada. (laughs) All right. Ding. Next topic. Questions I have for Rose Apothecary. Number one, David, your business plan said that you were going to serve coffee. I see no espresso maker in that store, which I think means you falsified elements of your business plan. Where's your coffee, David? Question number two. Did you ever do another open mic night? And what other songs did Patrick sing? I would just be interested in having a Patrick Brewer mixtape of some sort. And question number three I have for Rose Apothecary. How much money are you guys actually making? Because I know that you got a grant to open this business, but you are supporting two people's full-time salaries. Are, how You guys, again, thriving economy of this town, you guys must be making bank. How much money are you making? How are you making that much money? And can I have some of it? Please and thank you. With at least one set of known people regularly stealing from the store. At least one. And probably more. (laughs) And then even like Moira comes in and just like takes products. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have to assume that because we're in the magical world of Schitt's Creek thriving economy. But they're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be okay. Yeah, and they even want to take on um, Jocelyn as a third employee. That's how bustling they are. Man, who knew that blue cheese made from a goat farm was so profitable? Mm -hmm. David Rose, I guess. Okay, ding, next one. My favorite running joke from this show, which is Alexis's unexplained adventures. Okay, number one. I didn't go missing, David. The FBI knew where I was the entire time. Classic. (laughs) Completely out of context, I feel like this is even better. Okay, number two. Do I have to remind you of the time I was taken hostage on David Geffen's yacht by Somali pirates for a week and nobody answered my texts? I can't tell if in that one she's more upset about being taken hostage or that nobody responded to her text. I think it's that nobody responded to her text. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I was fine. I could handle that. It's fine. Yeah, she could have. She could have. She ran away from the Yakuza in, in heels, so she would have been fine. Number three, I once passed off a mini horse and three guinea pigs as service animals, so anything is possible. <laughs> I think it's an inspiration. It's an inspirational story. Honorable mention to the fact that she apparently had Zach Efron's uh, cell phone number, and he was her booty call. Oh, yeah. The number of celebrities who she has either dated or just, I guess, slept with. It's like Zac Efron, Leo, Josh Hartnett, uh, Josh Groban. What a lady. What a joy. What a joy. All right. All right. Ding. Twyla Sands stories. 
So I love Twyla. And when we get into our eventual episode talking about the friendship between Alexis and Twyla, there is a great argument to be made that Twyla and Alexis are essentially the same person. It's just that Alexis has privilege. Twyla does not. So Twyla also has some great stories that are significantly darker. And these are my favorite three. Number one, her mom thinks that she's her cousin Angela and her dad is in prison. (laughs) Number two, a thing that Twyla's, one of Twyla's mom's boyfriends used to say to her was, get the hell out of here, you dumb broad. (laughs) And and when Twyla says this, she's like so upbeat. She's so chipper. Yeah. And she's like, this is useful advice because sometimes you need to get the hell out of places, you dumb broad. (laughs) Number three, she has been banned from a number of casinos as an unaccompanied minor. What was she doing in those casinos? And I just have to give an honorable mention to the scene where Twyla is doing a tarot card reading for Ronnie and then eventually Alexis. She tells a story about, oh, my mom's ex-boyfriend was also psychic. He predicted the day that he was going to leave the mom, my mom down to the, <laughs> down to the day. Uh, but in that scene, there's a moment where Alexis like tickles Ronnie's arm that I don't think was planned. And the look Ronnie gives Alexis is so funny. I had to rewatch it three times because it just like sends me. So honorable mention to that very sad story, but also specifically that little, that little moment between Alexis and Ronnie. Cute. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to watch out for that next, next go through. Okay. Ding. Next one. Season six callbacks. The show is so well constructed that I feel like they really it feels so lived in by the time they get to season six that there's just like little details from the entire series that make it through into the very last episode. And some of them are super obvious and some of them are less obvious. The The one most obvious one, I think, is um, my number one, which is the town sign. I think this is maybe the last shot of the of the series, which I totally saw coming. But even when it happened, I was like, oh, it's so sweet. Like when they were driving away in the car and they stop at the town sign and he and um, Johnny looks back and they've changed the sign to be the Rose family instead of the um, Chit family. And it was it's so sweet. This callback to the town sign, which is like the second or third episode. But it also feels like a callback to the family portrait, like the original gigantic family portrait that was hanging in the Rose house that I just uh, it's such a good like reinterpretation. It's a twofer. Yeah, it is. That like the Rose family has changed by coming to Sh- by coming to Schitt's Creek, super sweet. Okay, number two is at the at David and Patrick's wedding, the Jazzigals sing two songs. One of them is "You're Simply the Best," which is the song that David and Patrick sing to each other. In it's not the one episode; it's two two episodes that they sing to each other. But then the Jazzigals also sing "Precious Love," which is the song featured in the season finale of season two. When we we start to see that the Rose family actually does love each other very much. And they bring it back in the season finale. So that cute. episode, Elise, if you're listening to this, hi Elise. That episode was my friend Elise's gateway drug into Schitt's Creek. Because I was living with them and I was watching that episode and she came downstairs and was like, oh, what are we watching? That was her gateway drug episode. It's a good episode. Yeah, it's when one of you your watched favorites, that episode, it is one of my favorites. And when you watched it, you said, oh... This is going to be a comfort episode for me. Yeah, yeah. I knew right away. It's like my um, tomato soup episode. Okay, and the last thing is we talked about Twyla and Alexis's 
relationship. And something that I noticed on my second watch through that I didn't really notice the first time was that after Alexis is getting ready to move to New York and she gives Twyla a big bag of all of her like designer dresses. And then later in the series, we see Twyla wearing one of the dresses that we had seen on Alexis earlier in the series. And when, when Twyla's pulling out the dresses from the bags, the first one that she pulls out is a pink dress. And that's the dress that Alexis is wearing in the, in the pilot, which I, I just think the attention to detail on that is so, it's like they filmed this five years later and they still had that yeah. dress from the pilot. And that was a dress that Twyla pulled out. And then the dress that, that Twyla wears at the wedding in the, in the series finale, we see earlier on Alexis wears to Moira's birthday party, the surprise party. And that it both like creates that relationship or underscores the relationship between Twyla and Alexis, but also just like calls back to where, where we've seen them both come from. I think it's a, a really sweet detail. I love callbacks just in any show, but this one feels really earned. All these ones feel really earned to me. So Hannah, we were very true to our intention to make this be a speed round. <laughs> So we have a little time left. And with that time, like, do you just maybe want to speak to why you love Schitt's Creek enough to watch it for a third time? And then I'll kind of speak to the same thing about why I like it enough to watch it a fourth time. There's two main reasons that I really love this show and why I think a rewatch is really helps, I don't know, reinforce my love for it. Is And the first one is that I think the character development is just perfect. I remember watching the first episode with you the first time and we had it on Netflix party and I commented in the first or second episode, I hope there's no character development because I loved Mm -hmm. all the characters right at the beginning and I thought they were hilarious and I have never been more wrong in anything I've ever said because the character development that happens over six seasons that feels so natural and very, it feels like a very real, like slow progression of real people, the way real people develop in their relationships in different circumstances. I just thought it was so well done. And I especially noticed it when I finished my watch through the first time. And then I went back to the beginning to watch it a second time. It's such a stark difference between Mm -hmm. where we end up in season six and where we started in season one that I hadn't even noticed while I was watching it. And so I just... Yeah, so watching it for a third time, it's it's like really reinforcing that feeling that I have of like we end up with these characters who are so well developed and then we go back to the beginning and we're just like, oh, they're all so fl-. like they're so flat at the beginning and they they really become three-dimensional by the end. And their personalities develop together and 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 separately in in ways mm-hmm. that I think are really well done. And so the second reason that I really love it is because I think it's just the most warm-hearted show. Oh, it makes me so gooey. Yeah. And so I think you might talk about, if we talk about like representations of small town life in in television, that it seems like there is a lot of opportunities for these people who used to have every privilege and access to all this this wealth and, and everything they ever wanted to come to the small town and kind of take advantage of the people in the small town and to make fun of them and to think that they're stupid and to think that they're hicks. And- I think there's a few episodes where it like feels like they're going to do that. And then 
and then it doesn't. That the the people in Shit's Creek are like, oh no, we knew this was a scam the whole time. We were just being mm-hmm. nice to you. <laughs> we were just humoring you. And we've all done LA Vu. We yeah, don't exactly. want your crappy product. We we already knew about this Heaven's Gate cult or whatever it is with whatever oh, what's that character's name? It's like Orange Sky or something like that. I don't remember his name. Um Orange Julius? Orange Julius. <laughs> the love that grows between all of the characters and the I mean, we could talk about the relationship between David and Patrick. It's just so warm and natural and like such a good representation of just relationships, of how relationships happen. Anyway, warm-hearted, very warm-hearted show. One of the reasons I love it so much is kind of exactly what your your first point is how organic the evolution of these characters are. And I think that a lot of that was planned, but a lot of that was very fortuitous on the part of Dan Levy's part that he just happened to cast Annie Murphy and he happened to Mm -hmm. cast these actors that were so exceptional that they could that I mean if you listen to any any interviews with Dan Levy the reason why Annie Murphy got the role of Alexis Rose was because she made this incredibly selfish character a little likable, even from the get-go, which was not really something that anybody else had been able to do with the character. So I just think that that is, it is so satisfying to watch these incremental changes that, that characters are making. I just finished season five, and when Alexis is trying to explain to Ted that she can't go to the Galapagos Islands with him, because like she's gonna miss her family. She's oh, like, I know yeah. this is I know this is so weird, but I just feel like I'm going to want to be with them. And he's like, Yeah, that's called missing people. It's totally believable that that would be something new and different for her. And it just feels so organic that that happened. The other thing that I love about it, and this again connects to your second point, is watching the show is so emotionally cathartic for me. When Alexis breaks up with Mutt, which that is that scene is oh, a masterclass of acting. Oh, perfection! I've ne- like, I guess there's two breakup scenes in Shit's Creek, and I think they are both so good. That scene when Alexis and Mutt break up, where they they don't even talk to each other. Both of those actors, it is, it is a delight to watch. And then after that, when Alexis tells David that she needs a hug and he's so weirded out by that at first, and then they hug, like the amount of emotional catharsis I feel in that moment is just, as I often say, through the moon. It is just through the moon, (laughs) the amount of like warmth that I feel. You've heard of like secondhand embarrassment. It's like secondhand emotional warmth. I I feel like warmer, like it comes through the TV screen for me. I've found some other shows that do do that. But the fact that Schitt's Creek delivers on that so frequently is just, yeah, here's like, in, oh gosh, I'm making this what was supposed to be a speed round episode very long. But one of the things that blows me away about this show is that any other sitcom with the character of Moira Rose Moira has this, so the, the, a great example of this is the episode where Stevie is in rehearsal for Cabaret and she's getting very emotionally overwhelmed because this is not her world. 
And Alexis talks to Moira about it and is like, you are overwhelming her. She's about ready to walk out that door. Any other sitcom would have had Moira not get what Alexis was saying and would have had like that be the joke that she kept throwing Stevie into the deep end and said, Moira is like, yes, thank you for telling me this, Alexis. I get what you were trying to say. And she and then she goes and she has this total moment of connection with Stevie that is so sincere. So you've had this incredibly funny episode, but they don't turn the emotional sincerity into a joke. They just let the emotional sincerity land, whereas so many other sitcoms have the moment of emotional sincerity. And then you have somebody come in to tell a joke. And Schitt's Creek just like lets you live in that space of emotional sincerity as a someone who would love to be in a television writer's room. I feel like I learned so much from that. That even in this very funny show, you don't always have to end every emotionally cathartic moment with a punch up, like funny, zany antic. Sometimes you can just leave it as this like beautiful moment of emotional sincerity. And I love all of that. Your reason for liking Schitt's Creek are much more eloquent than my reasons. And I appreciate that. <laughs> you should just delete everything that I said and just leave it at what you said. I'm not going to delete everything you said because <laughs> you are magical and perfect and so are your opinions. <laughs> are you at that place with Shit's Creek where you are like protective of it as a show? But if people were to come up to you and be like, I just can't stand David or Alexis and I think the show is bad. Would you have like a little bit of like, okay, are you ready to fight me? Or would you be like, okay, that's fine. I don't, I don't know because I know, I know people who say, it's one of those shows that like you have to get through the first season and watch the rest of it. And I'm like, I didn't I don't feel that way at all. Like I, I didn't feel that way either from the first episode. But I respect that like now when I go back and watch the beginning, it does feel like some of the characters aren't as developed as I get used to and all those things. The first few episodes are quite a bit meaner than the rest of the show, I think, because they're just like, we don't have our privilege anymore. We don't have our money anymore. And now we're surrounded by these people that we assumed to be Hicks and then we, you know, the relationships start to change. So I could see why if someone only watched the first handful of episodes, they would think that it's not going to be the best show that they've ever seen. I don't know if I've ever talked to somebody who watched the entire show and was like, this is crap. But if that happened, if someone got to the end of season six and said, this is a bad show, I would be confused. I don't know if I would be, ang I would be angry. I would be angry. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome to your wrong opinion. You're welcome to your wrong opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think I would just be like, well, now I have to write you off as a person. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. This is the only choice I have. Yeah. This is the test. And if you fail the test, then you fail as a person. <laughs> I mean, is that how you feel? Or you you respect people's wrong opinions? I find that there are a few shows that I get weirdly protective of. And if I start to get the sense that people don't like them, I just know that I can never talk about this thing with them ever again. Because I'm uh -huh. like, I don't want to dislike you. And <laughs> I am so protective of this thing that I will start to dislike you. Yeah. I, I also feel more protective of like, I love Patrick, who we call Buttons. I love Buttons. Buttons. I think he's great, but I would say my favorite season of the show is season two, and that's pre-Buttons. So I also am weirdly, 
protective of season two when people are like, oh, the show doesn't really get good until like Patrick and David get together. I'm like, how dare you? The show was great (laughs) from the beginning. (laughs) But I love Buttons. He's great. I remember when you first meet Buttons, you were like, okay, another handsome man just lives in this town. (laughs) (laughs) But I loved him. He was like instantly... I can't say my favorite character because I have a million favorite characters. But as soon as we met him, I just felt like he was so real right away. We're getting into like, we're going to talk about this for an hour. I'm just going to stop. I'm going to stop right there. Okay. My final question. Final speed round. Okay. Okay. If you had to pick one person in Schitt's Creek to be your best friend, it could be the main cast or a side character, who would be your Schitt's Creek bestie? Um, Shed's Creek bestie. Um, 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 it would be Buttons. Oh, yeah, I could see you and Buttons being very good friends. Um, can I guess who yours would be? Go for it. Would it be Jocelyn? Oh, yeah, I love Jocelyn. <laughs> I feel she is just the warmest hearted person and she puts up with Moira's nonsense better than anyone in that entire town. She's great. I love her. Yeah, she would totally, we would totally be besties. We would have okay. a great time. Yeah. Is that what you were going to say? Or So now that you've said it, it's the correct answer. Okay. I was going to say, I think Ronnie is probably my favorite secondary character, but I don't yeah. think, I think I would irritate Ronnie <laughs> as much as Buttons <laughs> irritates Ronnie. <laughs> so I think Jocelyn is the correct answer. <laughs> and now, faithful listeners, we want to hear from you. Which character from Schitt's Creek do you vibe with the most? Who would be your Schitt's Creek bestie? And if you were to move Schitt's Creek, what would your contribution be to the economy? You can get involved in the discussion. Tell us what you think Hannah's role should be as contributor to the Schitt's Creek economy (laughs) by tweeting at us or commenting on this episode's post on Instagram. Both places, you know what we are. We are at wellherepod. You can also email us at wellherepod at gmail.com. And don't forget to go to the actual Will Exist website, (laughs) wellherepod.com. You can also go to wherever you get your podcasts and click that Practically Dripping with Ennui button, which you might know as a follow button. And until next time, I'm Suzanne, and best wishes. And I'm Hannah, and warmest regards. And well, here we are. I see a mother there, a lover and a child. I know a war will come and take away the